Hello and welcome to Talk Gnosis, the web's premier talk show about Gnosticism, Gnosis, mysticism, mystical Christianity, QAnon, conspiracy theory, politics, people's spiritual journeys, and whatever else we feel like talking about tonight. I am Deacon Jonathan Stewart. I'm joined by my co-host, Bishop Laney. Hello, Bishop Laney. How are you doing, Deacon? Ah, uh, you pretty, you know, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start laughing now. Uh, it's, <laughs> ever someone asked me that question. Really, actually, my, my standard answer really as well as I can be. So, you know, I'm up in Canada. I'm working part-time. Um, you know, I'm. we have a really strict curfew here in Montreal at this time of recording. We are going to be doing a more time-sensitive, relevant show tonight, I think. So I don't have to worry about it being one for the ages. Although I hope people in the months months following and years following we'll check this out as well um so you know th things are pretty dire but we're we're pretty stable at least so uh bishop laney how are you i'm debating whether i'm you know i'm too old for this and maybe it would have been better off if this had happened when i was a younger woman and then i'm wondering well maybe i shouldn't be inflicting that on younger yeah on my younger self maybe it's best that i'm older and wiser and I, I don't know. I mean, this is just um, wow. Uh, it, it's it's been something else. And as, you know, as we and I have been chatting about a little bit. We have been doing some shows on conspiracy theories and, and conspiracy theorists and how that has impacted the spiritual communities. How it has seemed to have infected both left and right-wing people or people who are involved with what we would call conventional culture and alternative cultures. And look at what happened last week. We saw that come to the forefront. In fact, one of the most um, the, 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 the most famous, I should say, of the writer of the rioters, um, his mother is complaining that he's starving in prison because he has a sensitive system and it can only eat organic food. Yes. And if and that doesn't did. encapsulate some of the stuff we've been talking about yes. on our shows. Yeah. His, his argument, too, is that uh, organic food is part of his religious diet, right? And the, the prisons do try to accommodate, uh, you know, if you're uh, the Jewish prisoner or a Muslim prisoner or a vegetarian due to religious reasons or what have you, they try to accommodate you. So the QAnon shaman, as he's known, yeah. is, I can't even believe that's a phrase. Um, but it's not only, only... Oh, I can. I sure can. <laughs> it, it's... It's not only how flabbergasted I would be if I had time travel back four years ago. It's that the information that I would give my past self wouldn't make any sense. Right. No, I, mean, like... I was I was moaning um, last week on my other show, um, Civically Minded for Harlan's Media. I was talking about the fact that if this had been a some kind of a Hollywood movie plot, it would never have been made because it was all just so incredibly unbelievable and stupid. Yes. And this is where this is where we're at. And one of the things that I'm finding very disturbing is I've been doing some reading into some of the protesters, some of the rioters, and uh, I don't want to be making excuses for what I consider to be, in many cases, horrific behavior. I'm all, you know, throw the book at them. But one of the interesting things is I'm finding a narrative or these, these stories um, from friends and family say, look, this person was perfectly normal. This person was a Democrat. This person voted for Obama or this person was apolitical or this person was conservative, but by no means extreme. And then within the last few years, they got progressively weirder. Yes. 
And that's exactly the sort of thing we've we've been talking about, um, uh, you know, both with Matthew and with Jose um, on the various shows we've done. But it, it is really kind of disturbing watching this kind of infection. And we talk about memes going viral and videos going viral and that have being the the impact here. But it is almost like an infection. Yes, exactly. People are getting infected by a, a, a virus of some kind and it's changing their, their thought processes. And I, I'm, whoa, I, you know, as, as a Gnostic um, and as, as a terrorist, I, I, I'm still blown away in watching this and seeing it happen in real time. Oh, and I should clarify for, for the watchers and listeners tonight, obviously, we are starting off the show by talking about QAnon and world events. And then if we, hopefully we'll have some time, we're going to get to some some user questions. Uh, and this is uh, we're recording this. I'm going to release this one a little bit quicker than some of the others. So we're recording this on the date of Trump's uh, second impeachment. <laughs> <laughs> but again, <laughs> all it's a proud day for our nation. Yeah, precisely. But no, exactly, Bishop Laney and the. I think what a lot of people don't understand is how comprehensive QAnon is across the political spectrum and across the demographics that uh, that QAnon combines everybody who believes in QAnon believes in it differently, which makes it so hard to talk about. So you're going to have some people who are outright racist. You're going to have people of color. You're going to have people who are talking about time travelers, and you're going to have factions who are like, time travelers are ridiculous. It's shape-shifting aliens. And then I, now I, I know I sound like I'm being facetious, but I'm not. Uh, and yeah. it's also a meta-conspiracy theory, um, which you can... So if you can think of a conspiracy theory, chances are some of our watchers and listeners know a few. Chances are it's been rolled into QAnon. And it's it's a bit of a hack thing to talk about, uh, you know, sports is basically a religion to some people. Identity politics is, has become a religion. Politics has become a religion. But, and the reason why we're talking about QAnon is that it, it has, it, it's not becoming a religion. It's just basically a cult now, right? It is a religious phenomenon that I think we can partly use religious tools and frameworks to understand. And I think, as we talked about in some of our previous shows, it's going to stick around. It's going to mutate into forms that we can't conceive of because I already can barely conceive of it. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think this is just, I mean, I, I cannot conceive of it. I don't understand it. And yeah. it's it's just things that are are completely there. It's not the way my mind works. And I mean, I'm I've always been fascinated by conspiracy theories, and uh, I've been known to spend time with some of my friends, you know, smashing a pizza or a tray of sushi, a few glasses of wine, a couple of beers, and you know, just dissecting conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory. Um, but this is really, it's, it's, the problem is, is that it's self-referencing and self-reinforcing. Um, and one point that I have made on other shows, and I'll make this here, is that a lot of people are now saying, well, law enforcement or the Congress or the media or social media, uh, they can't, their strategy should be this, this, and this, because if they don't do those, use those strategies or use different strategies, they risk alienating the conspiracy theorists and the QAnon people and the rioters or the, those segments even more. Well, here's the problem. Um, when you are adjusting your behaviors or recommending people that people that they adjust their behaviors because you are fearing 
irrational, possibly dangerous or violent behaviors on the part of other people because you're trying to pacify them, you've already given up power or you've already yep. lost your power. If you haven't given right. it up, you may have just lost it. It may have been taken from you. And if you're, say, for an example, if you are running an office somewhere and you're concerned about a volatile employee and you're walking on eggshells around the employee, if you are in a domestic violence situation and you're walking around on eggshells trying to avoid angering your spouse, you may, you're, it's, a, it's a red flag that you're already in danger. And I yeah. think that what we're looking at here is the fact that I may have my own opinions about social media and censorship and that sort of thing. But the reality is everybody is essentially admitting the danger is here. The danger is present. And we're the ones who are backed into a corner. Yeah. And it's getting out of this. And at this point, there, you know, the issue is you take a stand and you suffer the consequences. And that it, eventually over time, that may combat the infection, this viral way of thinking. Um, but at this point, I think there's a, a serious risk of more people getting hurt, even though that may be the only way out of this. Yeah. We've, you know, this situation would happen last week, uh, as horrific as it was, and it was make no mistake, it was horrific. The more information I'm getting, the more video I'm seeing, um, I'm the more horrified I'm becoming. It, look, it initially looked like a bunch of yahoos. Now I've realized just how bad it actually was. The reality is at this point um, that I think that it could have been a lot worse. It could have been yes. far worse. And But acquiescing, uh, because we are convinced that everything that we do at this point is going to feed into people's feedback loops and the conspiracy theories, um, isn't going to resolve the issue. I think at this point we have to let allow for the fact that some people have had their cognitive patterns disrupted. They're dealing with these issues. Um, the country, those of us as, as individuals, the people, our leadership have got to say, okay, this is what's happening. We're going to take a stand and we're going to have to take possible risks and move forward. But that's going to be, that's it's real difficult right now because everybody seems to be wanting to avoid provoking people who are already provoked. Yes. Now, there's a few things, sort of repeating what I said on the show of Jose, and, and I should say, whenever I shoot my mouth off about politics, um, you know, I'm a dumbass who doesn't know anything, so we, we <laughs> should also say that. But also that um, I, I don't represent the show, I don't represent <laughs> Bishop Laney, I don't represent my church, I don't represent no. anybody but me when, when I talk about politics. But same here, same here. I yeah. don't represent anybody but myself. Um, when we're looking for solutions, just you know, like like what we talked about on the Jose show. Now, th this won't fix the the immediate emergency, and it won't make the problem entirely go away. But when you talk about the virus and the immune system, a, a good standard of living creates the healthy immune system that allows a society to to fight stuff like this. Because uh, a lot of the Q people, and I'm not making excuses for them, right? Getting mm -hmm. in my, you know, the, the uh, understanding is not making excuses. Just trying to, uh, how, we, how we understand something and how we fix it. That if people have a decent standard of living, they're not gonna be as susceptible. So it, when we're looking for solutions, if we want an immediate one, I would say, get that $2,000 checkout. And here in Canada, we, we get monthly $2,000 checks um, during the crisis of, of COVID, right? Yeah. So, um, and you may notice that QAnon isn't as bad up here. We, we do have it here. It's all around the world. It's not just an American phenomenon. So, so I honestly do believe when we're looking at the myriad of ways to fight this, that this should be in our toolbox. And I don't hear a lot of mainstream 
uh, politicians or a lot of mainstream media offering that as a solution. And, and again, you know, not making excuses for anyone. I'm not saying that's the only solution. I'm not no. saying it will 100% fix the problem, but I think it will go a long way. And when you actually read posts from QAnon people, now there is a lot of, of middle-class boomers, uh, the people who own car dealerships and sell boats, right? The people who are pretty comfortable. But the majority really do seem to be in desperate straits. And you'll see a lot of posts. And they'll, uh, they, there's the uh, sovereign citizen movement is, is fusing with QAnon. And that's something we could do a whole show about. I don't know how we tie it into Gnosticism. Uh, it's very difficult to explain. It's very, 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 very insane. Um, so it makes sense that it would combine with QAnon. But it's it's basically a, a fake... Um, uh, uh, um, uh, schizophrenic uh, uh, understanding of how law works, and yeah. that you can present you can present uh, law documents phrased in a certain way, and then you no longer owe debts, and you don't have to wear a seatbelt, and people can't take your house away from you. Uh, so it's very it's very bizarre, but it's being embraced by a lot of cute people because they're losing their house, uh, they're losing their car, so they're doing this this magic paperwork and filing it. Um, so I'm using that as an example because if I actually go on Twitter, if I go on social media, I don't have any Q friends, which is good, but I'm interested in this. So I'll read posts from Q people. Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of economic anxiety and they have been driven to Q because they are looking not just for why this is happening, but how can we fix it? Right. Because that's the other thing. Q, Q gives an explanation for why, why is the world so screwed up right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you bring up some important points here. And I think that what um, I, I would expand on what you're saying, being that I'm actually, uh, I live here in the United States. And that is that there is a massive loss in, of faith in institutions in the US, I think in many cases, because uh, many people don't feel that the institutions are doing anything for them. And that they're being taxed, they're paying fees, they're you know paying fines, they're you know they're the money's being taken from them, but they are not necessarily feeling tangible um, relief or benefits from what's going on. And so there is has already this sovereign citizen, but this this, this independent mindset that everybody's in it for themselves. That if I don't get free health care. You shouldn't get free health care. If I had to pay off my exorbitant student loan debt, you should have to do the same. Um, if I um, lived on ramen noodles for three months because I couldn't afford any food, you should have to do the same thing. There's that real lack of community, notion of community or communalism, or that let's all be looking out for each other because frankly, our institutions don't do a good job no. of looking out for uh, for the communities that they are supposed, these institutions are supposed to be serving. So people are paying taxes here in the U.S., but they they're not getting health care. They uh, their kids are going to substandard schools. The post office has been hasn't delivered mail in three weeks. Um, we've we get we've been getting contra, you know conflicting information from our healthcare institutions, particularly during an international pandemic. So a lot of people have no real reason to trust the government. We have whole communities that have no trust in the law enforcement system. Uh, we have people in law enforcement who feel utterly betrayed by their communities and by the legislatures, le legislators and government officials who they feel have thrown them under a bus under a time of crisis. So we've got 
whole groups of people in this country um, who feel that they are completely alienated from each other. Well, of course, um, this, you know, the, the, the conspiracy theory uh, of some sort or fringe thinking uh, is going to appeal to them because they, they don't, the, the, the institutions aren't backing them up. No, precisely. And, and actually a big part of the QAnon conspiracy theory, I, I think is, is this exactly this anxiety you're talking about because they're, they're creating new secret institutions, right? There, there's yeah. actually, you know, Trump is, is, is actually a better president than he looks like because he's on a secret mission to get rid of the cabal. And he has a, a team within the government and within the military and within the establishment working for him. So, so what they're actually talking about is, is there are, um establishments working behind the scenes just like um the, that uh that are trying to help people just like what a lot of you know not not exclusively a lot of QAnon people are older but not exclusively because they remember when institutions worked right so yeah. I, I think there is a psychological thing there where they're like oh there's actually secret institutions just like the ones i remember from my youth <laughs> and uh they're, they're they're pulling the strings behind the scenes to to fix this problem yeah, I, I think that th that that is absolutely the case, um, and it's 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 really quite tragic because many of these people uh, are are you know again some of them are financially secure, but many many people uh, are still struggling. They have financial anxiety. They may be okay for now, but they you know that that, that how long that how long is that going to last? We point out that in the U.S. we have this thing called medical bankruptcy. Yeah. Where people routinely, um, you know, have to declare bankruptcy, become insolvent due to exorbitant medical bills. Yeah. Most developed nations do not have this particular uh, cause of insolvency. <laughs> and so I, I think that there is a lot of econo economic anxiety. I think people are trying to are, are trying to say that, oh, the protesters, they weren't poor. They were actually reasonably successful. They're just white supremacists. Well, some of them certainly may have white nationalist views or racist views. But I think that you're, if you're not going to pay attention to economic anxiety versus actually being poor, I think you're missing something here because it's very easy for people in the middle classes, even the upper middle classes, and even to a certain extent, people who are really well off, they can and they do lose everything routinely in this country. As we say on Hard Lens Media, we say one bad day and you can, you know, your life can be destroyed. That's and that's reality in the United States. So I do think that we have an economic system um, here, as well as a national mythology of self-reliance and bootstraps that has fed into this situation. And as I've said, I'm not, this is not going, this is going to get, I think, worse before I, before it gets better. And we've already seen last week, just, I think, just a taste of it. Now we're being told down here that we can expect uh, further protests, not just in Washington, D.C., but also at state capitals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't want to make any predictions for the future, but, you know, I... I do, I do, my suggestion for people out there, chances are if you're listening or watching to this, you, you have an interest in spirituality. And, and I, I would really encourage everyone to, to, if you haven't already, build a daily spiritual practice mm -hmm. because it's, it's going to be a rough ride and this can help you get through it. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it'll make it 100% better, you know, like you're not be good, you're not going to, 
uh, be able to escape suffering by by building a, 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 a contemplative practice right away. But it will help ground you. And uh, you know what I suspect is is I, a lot of people predict, and I think subconsciously want the collapse, right? The 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 big one. Yeah, the big but one. I think the big one and that could happen i'm not saying it's not i'm not i don't know what's coming in the future what i think is going to happen is things are just going to get steadily worse and weirder and in ways we can't predict because there's no way we could have predicted the last four years yeah right um so i think it is going to continue and it is it's folks it's i don't know what it's going to be it's going to be weird and it's going to be bad so it's it be, and I know that things aren't great right now <laughs> with the plague and with economic collapse and with QAnon. But as I said, I think they're going to get even worse. So this might be the time, right, to 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 build as much stability as you can. And I know that's difficult here in Samsara, here in the Kenoma. But uh, uh, now is the time. Uh, and we can't, uh, of course, we've done a whole show on spiritual bypassing. It's mm -hmm. actually spiritual bypassing connects quite well with QAnon. So we should do a QAnon spiritual bypassing show. I think so, that, that, yeah, I, I would say the one thing about spiritual practices, and I, I think that they're great, is that they can also be a form of spiritual bypassing. Yeah. Oh, if I'm just, I just need to meditate more. I'm going to handle this better if I'm doing more meditation or if I'm doing more prayer or if I'm getting receiving the sacraments more often that I'm going to do better. Now, I think that spiritual practices are very important for who we are as human beings. It, it, these are the things that align us with the divine, but it's not going to necessarily absolve. You know, if, if you're living in Washington, DC right now, I can't even imagine. Yeah. You're up against a reality. And that is that there was a violent and unruly mob uh, that invaded the United States Capitol. One third of our federal government. Yeah. Um, and that this happened, that, 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 that this happened is astonishing and that you know that is something these, these these folks out there are having to live with and meditation isn't going to resolve the very real risk that continues to to be there i yeah. would say though what i might suggest is as i've suggested there's a kind of a two-pronged approach and that is okay you have your spiritual practice keeping that up um the other practice though i might suggest is civic engagement as I've mentioned, that when you know, one of the things when when I'm facing the the, the long, what John Michael Greer is calling sometimes the long descent, as our industrial civilization begins its decline, it's a long descent. It's not going to happen right away. It's not going to go poof. It's not going to be the big one. It's just going to be this Rome, long Rome descent. Rome took a little while. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said Rome took a little while to yeah, fall. It's a couple hundred years. <laughs> and yeah. um, but that 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 being involved in civic activities mm, um, yes. finding institutions to support in some way or another volunteer work getting involved with the red cross or a cert team or um working at a at an animal shelter or a, a food bank but that kind of civic involvement is one way first of all you can continue to form your relationships at the community level but to also work on uplifting and supporting the frayed ties that have been so assaulted recently. Well, actually have been assaulted over a long period of time due to inequality and inequity in this country, but um, to help rebuild and support what social nets continue 
to to be present, that I think is one way to very tangibly support yourself and this in your community at this time. Uh, in addition, of course, to your spiritual practice. Excellent, excellent point. And of course, doing this this community engagement is also spiritual practice, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> so, it is. Obviously, and it is what is, you know, the, us Christian Gnostics and what Gnostics are called to do, right, is to serve and to help others and to find the divine in others and to give back as much as we can. Yeah. But to build on, on what you're saying, you know, I've had a personal experience as is my wife. My, my wife is um, a dual citizen, uh, so she's you know has has sort of extra engagement with the news and we we have lived part-time in the states in the past so lately you know she started volunteering and, and she's also found that that it, it relieves stress now some people think it's and of course it depends on what what the civic engagement you are that you're doing but giving back does does generally make you feel better and i think some yeah. people are scared because they're like oh you know if i add something into my schedule then i won't have much time this week and it's extra work and i'll be you know dealing with these people and it's, it's just going to add to my stress load and, and of course that could be true depending on what kind of volunteering you're doing you know if you but that said I, I think a lot of people would be surprised just uh, for the for the selfish aspects about what it can do for you but as Bishop Laney is saying it, it does a lot for other people and and Bishop I think we're really simpatico I think a lot about that we've basically forgotten how to live in community and yeah. for for people like you and I um, and for other clergy in general, independent clergy, what have you, people who are trying to build communities. Um, we, we have to figure out how to do it. And we yeah. also have to, we have to both figure out how to do it. And I, I don't know if there's a certain amount of training, both for the facilitators and the organizers and the people coming in because, because we don't know how to live in community anymore. And that's, that, that includes the people searching for community. So I haven't quite, that's something I think a lot about, but I haven't of course quite squared that circle. Uh, but it really is insidious. And now I, I know that we, it's very natural to idealize the past and the past trust me had a lot of problems but you know i grew up in a small town in the 90s in a time of of prosperous stability and I, you know i remember being part of a community right and i grew up in a pretty small place so uh you know and i rem uh so and, and of course I, and i do miss that and i remember the strength of it and i i and of course i think that we we can we can rebuild but you know it, i'm not that old and that wasn't that long ago so I, I think partly my point is is how much we've lost in the space of you know 25 years is remarkable well yeah and i i i think you yeah i think that that's um a good point. You know, I think one of the things that I'm noticing is that we've seen a lot of families and friendships breaking up. Yeah. So, you know, it used to be that families stuck together. Now, this was not always a good thing because, of course, it was a be coverage for abuse. It could allow people to continue an incredibly immoral and violent and, and horrible behaviors. But there was something to be said by having your family having your back. Uh, for one thing, it allowed, you know, families took care of their own within their communities. And so let's say you had somebody who did commit a crime or something. Well, okay, their family had their back, at least their family would provide for them and they didn't necessarily end up homeless. Um, so, you know, you have those, those kinds of things happening. Same thing with friendships. Your friends have your back. Your friends may slap you down every once in a while because you're getting out of line, but there is that kind of loyalty. And over the past several years, we've seen that being frayed 
in yeah, the 100%. Project, um, you'll see this from some social justice activists. They'll tell you, well, you should be confronting your so-called conservative or racist family members over Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And this is something that comes up every year. Yeah, you're supposed to be arguing with your family members about, about politics. Um, and I can understand that, okay, some politics, some social beliefs are absolutely odious. And there comes a point at which, yeah, you might want to call somebody on it and say, what's going on here? At the same, by the same token, I've often pointed out that being able to alienate family members is in and of itself uh, an, an example of, of privilege. Um, yes. If you are, if, you know, if confronting your uncle um, over Thanksgiving turkey means that he and his aunt are no longer driving your mother to her chemotherapy appointments, um, that's a big loss. And not everybody has that kind of, those, those kind of social resources. Um, that they can fall back on if there if, if there's a rift within their family. So it's we've seen families, we've seen friendships torn apart, we're seeing communities torn apart, and we're seeing people uh, using physical violence with each other. Yeah, um, we've seen it in here in the U.S. I've I've witnessed it in stores uh, since the the pandemic. I've been seeing people getting into fights with strangers for no good reason. There's never really any good reason to get into a shouting match with a stranger. Certainly not when you're in the self-checkout line, just, you know, scanning your cream corn. Um, and now you're getting into fights with people, but this has been happening. So I, I think you have people, their emotions are afraid, they're confused, they're alienated, and that's leaving, leading to personality and behavior challenges. Plus you have uh, mass media, social media, 24-7, pressuring you to do different things. And I think a lot of that, that is contributing to communities uh, falling apart even more quickly than they were before. Yes, uh, I completely agree. And um, I, I suspect that both of us might have what you would call in, in, idiosyncratic political views. And I bet you they differ in lots of ways. Uh, but I bet you we agree in lots of things as we're finding out in the show. But it, it's really funny. You, the, the, what you just said about family, I've said almost word for word, actually a, a few times of a few different friends <laughs> with my with my East Coast liberal elite friends. Um, and, uh, and, and and people, I, I think, you know, when I'm at cocktail parties or whatever, back when we could have cocktail parties, people think I'm a conservative when, when, when I'm just talking about how, how important family is. Now, perhaps they think I'm being very conservative because they... When people say family, I think a lot of people still think a mom and dad, two point five kids in the suburbs, right? And mm -hmm. I believe that we live in a in a world where families can take all sorts of shapes. But I think it really is an important uh, part of society. And and as you said, they've been torn apart both for social reasons and and again also material reasons, right? It's hard to have a good relationship if you're worried about money and you're working all the time. You know, you can't. Uh, um, uh, uh, necessarily devote the time to to a marriage, devote the time to your children, devote the time to your grandmother, uh, keep in touch with that uncle you only see once a year. Uh, and perhaps if you had kept in touch with him, you might have been able to lessen his isolation and stop him from falling into to QAnon. So basically, I'm just babbling to 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 say I, 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 uh, 
that that's it's it's almost spooky that I have said almost exactly what you said word for word in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th I think you're making a point though. Is that what if you had kept in touch? What if you had yeah. developed and maintained relationships with these people? And I'm saying I'm just as guilty as this as as anybody else when it comes yeah. to family relationships. Even more, maybe that person might not have become so alienated. Yes. And, and, and that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, you know, and I'm I'm quite disturbed by people who perhaps think of themselves as activists. As I said, their activism is being on social media, telling telling you to tell your family to go screw off. <laughs> and yeah, there, there and you go. You I did said, politics. I, I'm not unsympathetic. Yes. Look, if you if your family members hold odious views, just odious views, um, that's not good. And I and and constantly smiling and just ignoring it is probably not the best approach either. But I think that people can be remarkably generous with other people's resources. And for many of us, the greatest wealth that we have is in the form of social and family networks. That's what's going to bail us out. We don't have a slush fund. We don't have a big bank account to bail us out of a bad situation or to sustain us after job loss. It's going to be our connections with our families and friends. And when people uh, who have no, who don't know you, when strangers are telling people uh, what they could, should, can and should be doing with that great amount of wealth, which is only in the form of social connection, that's a problem. And I don't know that it's resolving anything. Now, if somebody was to ask me, well, what should I do? Um, you know, one, one possible approach is to say, look, I love you. You are my aunt. I've known you all my life. Um, you, you're a good woman. You've raised a good family. You've raised some great kids. I'm having a hard time understanding why you hold this view and then explain why. When, you know, when you speak like this about a, a about a group of people um you're unfairly um you know tarring them with a brush with a broad brush you're 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 uh you're not acknowledging the need for for mercy and social justice i have a hard time reconciling uh that uh, with the good person i know that you are can you can you help me understand what's going on here there are different ways of doing this that do not involve um, saying that your entire family is trash, which has become the new phrase these days. People, yeah. we call people trash or garbage um, if we don't agree with them. And that's something else I've noticed. It used to be that the term trash was supposed, was used by people who had pretensions to uh, being of the higher classes and who looked down on poor people and called them trash or trashy. Now it's become reversed. And we're hearing people who fancy themselves so-called leftists dismissing other people as trash because of a disagreement. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing, I, I want to make this point, that if I'm going to be criticizing QAnon and Trump supporters, which I do, I also need to look at the way other segments uh, alienate each other. Yeah. And that's one of those areas in which people have not necessarily examined exactly what they're doing when they dismiss whole groups of people as trash or garbage uh, because of a disagreement. So yeah. that's its own set of problems, but I think it has contributed to alienation. And one of the things that people have also observed is you have somebody who feels alienated, they, they, they're they not being 
They feel like nobody has any sympathy for them. Uh, they feel like, you know, they have idiosyncratic political views, like I think you and I might have, and but they can't get any sympathy from the people they used to hang out with. Well, there's a group of people who will welcome them with open arms. Yep. And it could be these fellow conspiracy theorists. Now, eventually those relationships are probably going to blow up too, but I can see how this would happen. Yes. Uh, so, so can I, and, and I think that that is not a hypothetical situation at all. <laughs> I think that is probably something that happens uh, quite often. Yeah. Um, bringing it back to religion, um, you know, just, just to spin, since, you know, people are tuning in for the Gnosticism, but everything <laughs> is Gnosticism, actually. So <laughs> we got to talk about this world as well. But um, I, I do, I do honestly believe that we we will see QAnon registered churches and that they will that and that you know because churches are dying they'll be able to buy an actual church for cheap like they're going to be IRS deductible religions uh, and I, I suspect we're actually going to see less Trump in the future and even this is the crazy thing uh, Q has been posting a lot less about the last year and hasn't posted since early December so now we're going to start seeing QAnon without Q. <laughs> it's it's going to be it's going to, <laughs> it's going to be very very weird because yeah. we're going to be filling this vacuum. Um, and just I, you know, I'm just spinning here. We're getting to the end of the show. As I said, there was there was a very stupid article which I need to do a response to. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do a blog post uh, since we're since we're on a QAnon kick lately in one of the big glossy magazines where uh, a journalist wrote a very long piece comparing QAnon and Trump supporters to the ancient Gnostics, and he kind of knew what he was talking about in that he went back to original sources, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I I think that he, he's pretty off point so i'll do a piece about it that said QAnon can sometimes be i don't think it's gnostic i don't think it's inspired by gnosticism but gnostic themes naturally arise in all sorts of places because gnosticism is true <laughs> people are going to uh feel a resonance to gnostic themes so so there are Gnostic themes, I believe, in QAnon, and that also kind of scares me. You know, the one I realized the other day, maybe not specifically Gnostic, you know, the Gnostic themes would be the, the, the Archonic powers, uh, the secret knowledge. There, there is some there, but, but also connecting it to the wider esoteric tradition is QAnon from the very beginning. Uh, something that's gotten worse is uh, Gamatria. Uh, now uh, QAnon followers are literally using the same Gamatria calculators that the esoteric traditions use. So they're, they're taking statements that Trump or, or Q is saying and running them through. And I say calculators because these are now digital. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it's the same ones that, you know, that the people that we would know in the esoteric community would use to uh, to engage with uh, um, the text Kabbalistically. Um, so yeah, so that's really scary. Um, the, the other thing too that I realized that just a resonance that should have occurred to me a long time ago is um, in the, the esoteric movements of the early 20th century and, and late 19th century, there was a big emphasis on secret chiefs. So the, uh, right. yes, yeah. So a lot of the esotericists thought that. Yeah, well, no, I'm thinking the secret chiefs are Q. Q's the secret chief, right? Because the secret chiefs give you the knowledge. Well, but we could also say that I mean I, I'm just look, I'm just looking at this that like you know that, that the deep state has people within it that might also be fighting. So that one of the Q yes, mythologies was that Robert Mueller himself was working on behalf of Q, that That's he was right. pretending to be working on behalf of the deep state, but he was taken from the deep state and he he was on the side of righteousness and was working with Donald Trump. 
Yes. And that that all the investigation into Trump was actually a cover up for the investigations into pizza places and and yeah. spirit cooking and, 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 and yeah, pedophile yeah, not, rings and all that. Yeah. That one was a banger. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that, that um, is a good comparison. I missed I that. that I forgot about that one. I, I, I that... like. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say. I I just liked. Yeah, when he finished his investigation, what it was going to be. I don't know. There was going to be like a televised. We're going to impeach Trump with this information that Robert Mueller uh, gave us, and then all of a sudden it would have been surprise, and they would have you know drugged the cabal in, and they would all all would have been executed. Robert Mueller would have executed them all on television. The only thing was is that he ended up just looking very tired at the end of all this. Yep. And I mean, I think that we could also make the argument that the, the that the very idea, people didn't trust uh, American institutions at that yeah. point anyways, because they were the ones who were questioning the legitimacy of the 2016 election saying, well, Russia was behind it. Now, my own take was on it was, look, uh, other countries may have been trying to influence our election. You know, that's turnabout is fair play. The U.S. has been doing yeah. the same thing for a very long time. But I did not think that the Russians had got into our voting machines or anything like that. And I kind of felt it was a waste of time. Well, I guess now, turn again, turnabout is, the fair, is fair play. People are questioning the results of this election. How many times are we going to have election results being challenged? It's another institution going by the wayside. And I would say that I think that Gnostics tend to be suspicious of institutions yeah. um, because they often have authority. And we, you know, we talk about the archons being the rulers. So there is, a, I think there is a connection there between very being very suspicious of um, institutions, people with positions of authority and institutions or people who are telling us how things are, are or how things should be. So I, I can, I can, I can see that. Um, but you know, honestly, the, the values of Gnosticism, which I often see, for example, in the writing of the apostle Paul, when he talks about the fruits of the spirit, I'm not seeing that present in QAnon in the slightest. No, no, exactly. I completely agree. Well, we, uh, I said at the top of the show that we might do, uh, some, some viewer questions, but we got into what, what I think is, is a very excellent discussion on QAnon. It, it probably won't be our last, maybe fortunately, maybe unfortunately, <laughs> you know, uh, heaven only knows what we're we going to be talking about. We may have to do a spinoff show now. entirely on this, Deacon. You do understand yeah. that, right? Yeah, we yeah. Might, it, we have to do a monthly Q report. And <laughs> It's 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 really it's really not a bad idea, and as I said, now now I really want to do that that Q and and spiritual bypassing show if we can find yeah. a good expert who who understands both of those concepts well. Um, so I look for that in the future, folks. Uh, but but yeah, I, I guess it is unfortunately time to start wrapping up. Is there anything that uh, that that you wanted to to end off on, or anything else kind of rolling through your brain that you wanted to get out? Or um, I just wanted to encourage folks. Um, you know, again, spiritual practice, civic engagement being gentle with yourself and others. And um, if you're going to make demands about how you want people to behave, uh, try making the demands on yourself, not on other people, because you do not know what their context is. You do not know what they are dealing with. And if you can reduce your expectations of how other people should be behaving, um, particularly when it's not toward you, it's you know toward their own family members, uh, we might find a way to slow down some of the erosion of community that we've been experiencing. 
Well, that is the perfect statement to end on. So, so thanks so much, Bishop. Um, I guess that's a good night from me. So everybody, good night, good luck, and uh, feel free to get in touch with either of us. We love you. I forgot to do the Patreon uh, commercial, but you know, whatever, you know it. It's patreon.com slash Gnostic. I got that right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One-time donations, paypal.me slash Gnostic. Uh, I do talk about spiritual practice uh, Sunday morning, open secular meditation at mileendmeditation.substack.com. That's free. Uh, I'm doing more uh, activities for my parish online. So that means you don't necessarily have to be located in Montreal. So you can check us out at holygrail.substack.com. Uh, okay, so uh, this is uh, Deacon Jonathan Stewart signing off. Everybody, good night, good luck, be safe, take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm <laughs> sorry.